thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the Urban Sports Scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole, Will T, Ray, Jeezy. And we're part of Sports Journey, so make sure you check us out at sportsjourney.com. You'll find all kinds of sports content, especially for your DMV teams. What's going on, fellas? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah, we we that much closer to Turkey Day. Turkey. <laughs> yeah, I've already yeah. started eating. <laughs> you already started. <laughs> I already started eating. I, I had pizza tonight. I just eating bad. But what's interesting <laughs> is this is going to be my first Thanksgiving where I'm not vegan. I've been vegan for so long. Oh, I wow. was vegan for so mm-hmm. long that I, I used to approach Thanksgiving totally different, you know, mostly looking at side dishes, <laughs> vegetables. <laughs> but now I'm like, hey, this is dope. I might be able to eat anything I want, even though I'm still going to mostly eat plants like I always do. But it's amazing. It's amazing the difference when you go back to the flesh for a little while, bro. <laughs> do you eat turkey? Are you going to eat turkey? I'm eating a little turkey, eat a little fish. Oh, little man. Turkey. You really, okay, you really back. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm back. Like I said, it may not be permanent, but mm-hmm. I told y'all before, veganism we're a little commercial. All these fake meats out here, and you know I'm not I'm not down with fake stuff. It's all about it's all about the realness. I like never sports thing. Hey man, Will T. look, there's the famous Will T. <laughs> no, Will T. A star, man. You know, Will T. Was on the Football Garbage Time <laughs> podcast, man. He was doing it up, man. He was talking about how you know he's he's just that one hitter quitter on the um on the picks. So you know, Will's just the dude right now. Nah, man, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I seldom do interviews. I, I allow, you know, you guys to do the, you guys are the, um, the faces of the urban sports scene. Oh, I'm just in the background, man. You know? <laughs> what? This dude was on there. I was like, when I saw the uh, alert, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Will T, guess Will T, then Hakun, he DM'd us and was like, Yo, FYI, we have Will T. Like, you know what I'm saying? Breaking news or something. I was like, damn, bro. You trying to come between the fellas? Nah, you know what? Like I told you, man, you know, Thursday night was epic for hip-hop. with Jeezy and Gucci, <laughs> you know, coming together and doing that. And I just figured, man, why not me and Hakun, you know, we, we, we talked and, you know, we settled some things. And, you know, I decided to just jump on the podcast. So, hey, you know, it works, you know. Hey, so your picks go- are your picks going to be on time now? No, of course not. <laughs> He'll get my first picks um, Thursday at uh, 11.50. Oh, man. Hey, man, it's good. I'm, I'm glad that you did the Jeezy, you know what I mean, Gucci Mane type of thing, man. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to bring peace to this whole podcast universe. I feel you. Did you have, you know? a, did you have like a big speech like Jeezy did? You know what I'm saying? During nah, the show? man, it wasn't, it wasn't none of that. You know, what was said between men stays between men. And, you know, we just agreed that, you know, we could we could work together and, you know, bring unity to the sports podcasting world. That's Res- all. Respect, man. Respect. Hey, Doing it for the culture. I know, right? For the culture. <laughs> for the culture, bro. exactly. That's exactly what it's for. It's for the culture. For the culture. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify iTunes and Google Play. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Uh, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debates. Will T. Speaking to our tradition, the pregame. <laughs> Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington football team defeating the Cincinnati Bengals 20-9 in their upcoming game against their rivals, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. At 820, <laughs> at 8-20, we'll on, talk man. about the report <laughs> that John Wall wants out of D.C. <laughs> hey, man, it is what it is. At 8-32, we'll talk about the, the Wizards draft. Finally, uh, we'll discuss the NBA moves during Free during the free agency period. Uh, but first, Sunday, the Washington football team beat the Cincinnati Bengals 20 to 9. Uh, thoughts on the game? Let's start with uh, Ray. I was not happy with the defense in that game. I feel as though Washington has a serious problem in covers. Joe Burrow was slinging the ball around, brother. And even though you can get pressure up front, guys were still running free, which says to me that some changes need to be made. I know my man. My man T. Living is listening. He was chiming in on everybody's tweets about who they need to sign, of course. But I will agree with him about Troy Apke, who dropped a easy interception. Like, any of us would have caught that. 
I don't understand how, how he did not get that turnover, which is huge, which is what Washington's defense need, needs. But I'm not taking much from this victory because I feel as though without the Joe Burrow injury, it's a much closer game, and you have a problem in coverage, which bothers me a lot moving forward. And you're playing against the Dallas team this Thursday, mm. of course, that has a talented receiving core and looking a bit rejuvenated. So defense needs to figure it out. And on offense, you got to be more consistent, of course. Uh, a lot of people were questioning Scott Turner's play calling throughout the course of that game. But you started to run the football, fam. What happened? What what, what clicked and, decided, and and made them decide to run the football? I thought that was dope, and, and that helped lead to the victory. Although, again, I feel as though you still got some concerns, got some holes to fix, and Coach Rivera needs to address it. Will T. I give you my honest thoughts. I don't know why the NFL subjects us to watching <laughs> NFC East football. Ooh. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's real talk, man. I'm just going to be honest with you. I know that we live in the market, mm-hmm. and watching a football team is our designated team, and this is the D.C. market, but I don't know why we have to consistently watch that low level of professional football. Having said that, um, I agree with uh, with a couple things Ray said. Um, Antonio, they're finally starting to consistently – um, implement the run with Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson looks to me like, you know, over the next two or three years, he could potentially be um, a star in the making. Mm. That's one. Two, even though defensive, you know, even from a, statistic, from a statistical standpoint, this defense plays very well. But um, given, given that this defense is the strong point of this team, I really want to see them put in a dominant performance, you know, from, from the opening, from the opening whistle to the final whistle. I want to see this deep, this defensive uh, unit play a consistent dominant performance from the first quarter through the fourth quarter. Um, That's something that we haven't seen um, completely. And the third thing is, uh, I'm just going to con- consistently ring the bell for this. You know, I- I've said it a couple times. Mm. You know what you have in Alex Smith, which is cool. But I think if you're going to really get the best out of this offense and get, you know, really unlock it, you know, to the, you know, to the degree you can, given the weapons you have, I think you should put Dwayne Haskins in and let him see and see if he's matured and see what he could do. Yeah. Um, I agree with pretty much everything. Um, the defense wasn't strong to me. I think statistically speaking, you know, people are going to look like they gave up only nine points. Uh, they had like, they had four sack, four sacks, um, had a fumble, uh, fumble. They forced a fumble and an interception. But when you look at the game for what it was, if Joe Burrow doesn't go down, they pretty much, they probably lose the game. They were down nine, seven before he went, before he, uh, got hurt in any, uh, in the third quarter when he tore his ACL. So, I mean, truth be told, and he was moving up and down the field. Um, I've always, I've had an issue with the way Jack Del Rio has been calling games defensively for this team. Um, he plays back. He gives like a lot of cushion. It's a bend, but don't break defense. But again, if you have a defensive front, like, you know, the talent on the defensive front, like we see with, you know, Montez Sweat, uh, Chase Young, um, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Now you're, you're getting improved play by with Tim Settle. And you're getting a pass rush. There's no need to play back and play a bend but don't break defense when your pass rush is already, you know, your pass rush is is pretty adequate. Um, so you don't play back. You don't allow the quick pass game, the quick passing game, which Joe Burrow was doing. Joe Burrow wasn't holding on to the football. He was getting it out quick. And if you're playing back, that's an easy five, six, seven. And eventually, you know, he's gonna find open open um seams when they when he has more time in the pocket. So you're making it easy for the court. <coughs> excuse me. You're making it easy for the quarterback. You are, you've seen the way Kendall Fuller has played this season. Why not press up? Press up. I mean, your cornerbacks haven't been, been that bad this season. Even Darby's had a good year, but you're press, you're playing so far back. You're giving this, you're giving the, the quarterback an opportunity to catch, to catch a rhythm. Also, in terms of the offensive, the offensive side of the football, um, I want to see the running game to be, I want to see the running game be effective when they're not playing piss poor defenses who can't stop the run. The Cowboys couldn't stop the run. They they had a great run. They had a great day running the football. Uh, the Bengals have a piss poor run defense. They were able to run the football. How about doing that against an adequate defensive, uh, adequate defense, and and be, and also be constant in running the football. You know what I'm saying? So 
I want to see this team run the football against defenses that have that have, that, will, that will try to stop you from running the football. And a lot of these defenses they are playing the the defense they've had success running the football. These defenses have been piss poor. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, even when Joe Burrow went out of the game, you know, I, I thought that uh, Jack Del Rio would do some things. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I understand that he has a script and they practice, you know, certain defensive formations and um, what they want. And they have a, a game plan. What do they want to do defensively? But I thought that would be the perfect time for you to just get after Ryan Finley. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I I just thought that would be the the perfect time if you had some exotic blitzes or some exotic coverages for Ryan Friendly to just throw something at him and you know see what sticks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, put something on tape where you know this week on a short week Dallas would have to think about you know give some give Andy Dalton something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really didn't happen, you know. So, but you know, nevertheless, they got a W and they're on a short week. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this team is able to turn it around so, you know, this quickly with what, as Wally calls, a rivalry game on Thanksgiving. Let's get right into that, Will T. Good segue, man. Appreciate you, dog. You probably uh, look at the outline and whatnot. You're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Thanksgiving Day, Turkey Day, Washington takes on the, their rivals, the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams are coming off W's. Who do you think has more confidence coming into this game? I'll start with uh, uh, Will because we started with Ray last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly think that uh, Dallas has more confidence coming into this game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, ha- if you know, just looking at you know who both of these teams face this weekend, I think it's, um, I think it's, I think we could all agree that that Minnesota team is a better team, Facts. and the Minnesota team was actually playing for something they were playing to get back to 500 mm-hmm. to try to position themselves for possibly that seventh playoff spot and to go into Minnesota and get a victory um, against that team who've been red hot the past three to four weeks definitely you know gives them give would give the Dallas Cowboys confidence and on top of that they have their he didn't I mean he's their starter now Andy Dalton they have him back under center mm-hmm. true Ray. Am I allowed to disagree? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, you are, sir. I, I, I'm, I'm being funny. But <laughs> here's the thing. I believe that, first of all, Chase Young, he regained confidence this past week, mm-hmm. and he looks motivated, which was good to see. If there's one thing that came out of that game positive against the Bengals, is that Chase Young came out a motivated young man, showing people that you can say what you want about me, but I'm a dog, and mm-hmm. I was deserving of the number two pick. Anyway, specific to your question, I believe that Washington – is still remembering when they dominated the same Dallas football team a few weeks ago. Now, you can say what you want about Andy Dalton returning under center. It's the same offensive line that has to protect him. And like mm-hmm. I said, this team does get after the quarterback. If you get after Andy Dalton, he can turn the football over. So I think that bodes well in your favor. It's just, like I mentioned before, are the DBs confident? Is your defensive backfield confident enough to go out there and, like Will said, to play shutout football? I do think that the defense is confident. Their numbers aren't bad. And going into this game, being a confident group, if you can start off the game quickly, mm-hmm. that'll be dope. Dallas's defense isn't strong. And Washington knows that you have a chance, say what you want, to get this division to, to, to actually become the top dog in the division with this win, sweeping your rival. <laughs> Washington comes in more confident. I, I ain't talking that well, much about the division. Go ahead, go, go to <laughs> let, let me ask. Let, let me um, retort, Ray. Sure. You said that Chase Young came in motivated and looked like a dog, right? This 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 past yeah. week against mm-hmm. um, Cincinnati, which is yeah. correct. Do you think some of that motivation was because he was facing the number one overall pick with him being the second pick in the draft and maybe he thought he would slight it? No, not at all. No. I, I don't think that was motivation. I believe his his error from the week before and people actually saying he's a bust. Like yeah. that was that was all over social media mm-hmm. and I, I'm thinking to myself, you guys are crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I said, these fans off the chain. I don't know why I pay attention to him, but you, you know shouldn't. what? I don't have a choice because this is what we do, fam. So <laughs> I had to listen. But, but he, again, to me, he plays 
the best with a chip on his shoulder. Remember, he got suspended at Ohio State. Yeah. His first game back. What do you do? Oh, he fried. He fried. He fried. Mm-hmm. I just feel as though, even though he's young, he just might be your anchor on defense. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm not saying that, but do you think maybe a little bit of extra motivation was because of he was playing the number one overall? I mean, pick? of course, everybody's got everybody's competitive. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, everybody's so. competitive. Well, everybody's competitive. I, th- I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah. No, I think so. I think everybody's competitive. Like you, when, like if you're playing against one, your former teammate. Secondly, you know, you're the first pick overall. You know, it's just it's natural. You're gonna feel like you know what? I'm gonna show y'all who the who's the who's the best player in that draft. And in the same, you could say the same for whoever's the third pick overall. If they're playing against a Chase Young, they'll be like, you know what? I'm gonna show you that I was better than Chase Young. So it's just, you know, it's natural. I think it's a natural. It's an, it's it's natural competition. Um, if you're a competitor, like you want to show the world that you were the best player in the 2020 in the 2020 draft. Um, so I I don't th- I don't doubt that. I, I do think that more it more it came from most of his, you know. Um, most of his aggression, most of his like want to show the world, you know, what he was about was because people were calling him a bust, and they were saying right. like, like they were calling him a bust. They were saying that he messed up because it's like, that Detroit game, and it's because of stats. People look at it and they're like, he doesn't have, he doesn't have ten sacks right by now, and it's, and it's like, dude, watch the watch the freaking football game. The dude causes chaos. He gets double teamed. He's a rookie getting double teamed, mm-hmm. and he's allowing other players to get off. So it's like y'all worried about these stats, these sack totals. Um, but sometimes you just want to see a guy cause chaos. Ryan Kerrigan would give you 12, 15 sacks and wasn't chaotic enough. Like, we've seen that. At least Chase Young on every given Sunday, you see him putting pressure on the quarterback. You see him creating creating lanes for other dudes to get sacked. So that dude has been – he's been balling. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, but to the confidence issue, I'm which I think I think Minnesota has more confidence than the. Uh, I, I mean, Minnesota. I'm sorry, the Cowboys <laughs> have more confidence because they beat Minnesota. Uh, you know, th- shout out to Kirk Cousins, man. He always kind of helps out. Well, he well it doesn't help out the Washington football team. Shout out to Kirk Cousins. Um, but yeah, you beat a you beat a team that like Will said is, you know, content. Well, trying to get into the postseason with a respectable record. Um, it's been playing good football of late with Dalvin Cook. They were they were they were able to beat that team. Washington just beat you know they just beat the Cincinnati Bengals who wasn't who who aren't world beaters, but hopefully you know Alex Smith is now one and one as a starter. He's a guy who's he's a vet. Hopefully they can lean on Alex uh, because you know they're trying to win a division, which I don't believe in anyway. I hate talking about it, uh, but yeah, if they can you know get another win, beat the beat the Dallas Cowboys. And get another victory, maybe they can have a chance to compete for whatever. I mean, to, to, <laughs> to be honest with you, Wally, you sound like you're trying to talk yourself. Exactly. Oh, believe me, bro. To- I was watching. You know what I was doing? You know what I was doing on Sunday? I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a buck. NBA, I was. NBA I was watching NBA TV. I was watching. I, I, I was watching, and then I was watching Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman's thirty for thirty. ESPN thirty for thirty joint. So believe me, I ain't talking myself. No, I got people texting me about the game. I'm like, oh, I missed that. I miss when Joe Burrow got hurt. Like, I didn't even see that. I saw that too. Yeah, I, I missed that. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. So. You, see, you gotta be careful with that, man. We gonna provide the in depth analysis. I need you watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, yo. You didn't pick Washington this No, I did not. I did not because they won, of course. When you didn't pick them, I picked them by the way to win this game. And so, so don't be that, calling me out anymore, you, huh? You, you always go so hard at Kirk Cousins, but now all of a sudden, because Dallas beat a Kirk Cousins-led Minnesota team, they got confidence. Get out of here. Minnesota's not good. Look, Cousins, look, man. And look, you say look. it all the time. I like, I like, look, look, I like Dalvin Cook. I wasn't giving it for Kirk Cousins. I was because of Dalvin Cook. I don't, I don't oh, care. Kirk no. stinks. I'm talking about Dalvin Cook. You see, I said okay. Dalvin Cook. I didn't emphasize Kirk was balling. Dalvin Cook. Kirk sucks. Okay. That's all, man. Forget forget Kirk Cousins, man. It's all about Dalvin Cook. All right. Does John Wall really want to be in D.C.? We'll discuss this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Lane. For ages. Yeti. Deuces. He's phony. She's fake. She's fake. She's fake. That's the type of people I hate. Oh. Hey. 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 Hey, 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 hey,
Guns gon' clap, packs gon' move, blood get drawn, skin gon' bruise, real gon' win, fake gon' lose. The love overpowers the hate, my tools. All they left was the yellow tape in the shoes. Real when the funeral wake, make the noon. Load the tray down so we six up on them. So when they act phony, we just switch up on them. She's phony, she's You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, myself, Wole. Our last week, it was reported that Washington Wizards point guard John Wall wanted to be traded. Now, Wizards GM Tommy Shepard came out and stated that Wall that Wall did not demand a trade. Um, what's going on in D.C.? I'm gonna start with Ray Jeezy. Well, from what I'm hearing, my intel tells me that John Wall, in fact, <laughs> John Wall, in fact, did request a trade, but it was sort of impulsive because he was upset at hearing the news that he was in trade discussions. And where Tommy Shepard was coming from was, yo, we really didn't want to trade you. We did have the discussion, but we it didn't go very far, and we didn't leak it. It was the Rockets that leaked the information. Yeah. We never mm-hmm. said anything because we knew that much wasn't going to materialize. They were trying to get assets from us. This is what happened. But, of course, John Wall already being sort of upset because Tommy Shepard came out in a different interview saying, I'm building around Bradley Bill. So he's already feeling some type of way because he has put his body on the line. He's a five-time All-Star. He's led this group or he's led his organization to the playoffs. So he was frustrated, and initially he was hurt, but I'm hearing that he's now moving past it and ready to start training camp. So maybe we can put these rumors to bed, even though I've been rocking my Steve Francis Rockets jersey and owed to the DMV legend as well as support for the Rockets trade because I was down with it. But I love John Wall, too. No disrespect, <laughs> nothing personal. But Russ is that dude, man. That's a big fan of him as well. Maybe we, can, maybe we can put the rumor to bed, even though my man uh, Tommy Shepard is looking like a young Ernie out here, except he does er- interviews. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will T, go ahead, bro. I'll let you go. I didn't, I didn't put any credence into the rumors mm-hmm. um, for a couple of for a couple of reasons. One, um, that John Wall contract at this point right mm-hmm. now is a virtual um, is untradeable at this point because the past two seasons John Wall has not played in the NBA. He hasn't really played that many games or no games at all. Um, so I don't think there's any team that will gamble on him coming off of that heel injury. Um, two, I'm not necessarily sold on the prospect of you trading John Wall for Russell Westbrook and then saying you want to build this team around Bradley Bill. We know from Russell Westbrook's personality, he has a very strong personality and um, within a locker room. And if you want to build this team around Bradley Bill and this to be Bradley Bill's team, you can't match him with a Russell Westbrook who is essentially a shoot-first point guard with Bradley Bill and think Bradley Bill is going to have the same effect as a player um, and be able to build a, build this organization around him. And three, you know, um, Yes, you know, we, we, we've known John Wall to be a little bit impulsive, a little bit high headed, um, in the past. So I, I just, I just took it as, all right, if the rumors are true, if he has asked for a trade, it was just him being impulsive and him being upset with how things have gone. Um, with the, you know, as far as, um, Tommy Shepard coming out and saying he's building this, like Ray alluded to, Tommy Shepard saying he's building this team around Bradley Bill and then him hearing his name in trade rumor. You know what else helped John Wall out? What was the number what? one priority of the offseason for Washington, Will? To sign who? To resign who? Uh, da- oh, Davis Berton. Davis Berton. Exactly. <laughs> And Davis Berton spoke out in support of John Wall, like, bro, my number's about to go up with Jay Wall back on the court because John Wall is a pass-first point guard. So that definitely helped John Wall's case for needing to stay in town, although 
we're forgetting about the character issues that re, that recently surfaced, and I'm talking about the video that re, reportedly factored into the Wizards' decision making and even having trade discussions at all because they Gangs are nice. a little bit discouraged with John Wall making such a, a kind of a boneheaded mistake in the midst of a time where look at where the country is politically, um, in terms of culture, we're 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 expecting our players to be professional. I'm talking about the NBA when I say our players. And I'm talking about the Wizards organization. And to see that definitely hurt them. He was, not only was throwing up gang signs, he was also, he was, mm. he was, looked like he was smoking weed too. Oh, so yeah. they just want, they, they want him to make better choices. And I think this, the trade request or the trade rumors, so to speak, it helped to, to let John Wall know he's expendable as well, especially if you have a guy like Russ who's, contract is, is very comparable if it was straight up john for russ i think russ would already be a for real, for real yeah i don't think russ i don't think it was that serious um i do think john to a point where i think the rumors are true that john did ask for a trade um and if and if and if and if, and if, and if, and if, and if the issue was the gang signs and, and the weed smoking on the video i have a problem because people do like i've yeah. seen much worse and your organization no. is that fr- so go ahead go ahead will I, I gotta raise my hand. I'm sorry to cut you off. Can, can, can <laughs> we examine that? Now, can we examine that for a second, right? Sure. Yeah. You're John Wall. You have a super max contract, right? Mm-hmm. The people around you should, and I'm pretty sure the people around he. I'm not saying he provides for them, but I'm pretty sure they are able to enjoy the spoils of his lifestyle, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Why would you post that video? Yeah, why would you even do that? Yeah. Is there no one in your camp that says, look, that's not a good look, John. Let's not post that. We in a hotel room or where or some room. Looks like there's weed smoke. There's um it probably is weed smoke because yeah, when they panned to the table, you saw all of the uh fast food there. So they probably <laughs> <laughs> you, you a trip, dude. Um, <laughs> you put two and two together, right? Like, you put two yeah, and two I'm together. Just putting two and two, I'm just putting two and two together. Like, is there no one in his camp that says, oh, Yo, man. nah, let's chill on that one. That that that's one we keep amongst amongst the crew, amongst the inner circle. Oh, and we laugh man. at it. I mean, that's hilarious. It's the culture, Will. It really is. Look at what happened with Lou Williams. This man's posted him in Magic City. I know. While he was supposed to be away from the bubble at a funeral. <laughs> and the sad part about it is, after his man's posted it, then they try to lie and say, this is an old picture. Even though he had on the NBA logo mask on. <laughs> it was just no, a I mean, disaster, but, man. I'm just saying. Look at Mike Vick, man. You, look at Mike Vick, right. man. People just don't, wow. they're not take the L's, man. Just take the L's. No, nah, but I'm just saying, man. Look, if you if you have someone that is that much of a public figure. Your cash cow. That well off. Like, you, somebody in the camp got to say, nah, I think we need to chill hey, out. Ch- hey, John, chill out. Chill out, dude. Chill out. Nah, I mean, it is what it is. I'm just like over this whole situation. I just feel like DC fans don't, they don't deserve John Wall. I'm like, that's where I'm at right now. People forget, man. Like this franchise, what it, what it was when Gil, you know, Gil was, you know, Gil wasn't Gil anymore and they had to rely on Andre Blotch and Javel McGee. They forget, man, what that draft pick did for this city and, and helped them to be respectable. You know, if he wasn't injured in that Atlanta Hawks series, uh, they they probably go to the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Um, then you know he, he can go him going toe to toe with the you know with um the the Boston Celtics teams that the team that with Isaiah Thomas. I mean like dude has brought a lot of memories for this organization, recent memories for this organization. And my thing is like give him an opportunity to get healthy. I mean if he's healthy, if he comes back healthy, then you got you know what you got. Um, if he's not, then you're just going to have for real. You're going it's it's a hard contract to ship anyway. But if he's not. The, the all-around real John Wall. I'm sure there's a team that would take him anyway. So if, you know, if whatever happens with that contract, but give him an opportunity. You at least owe him that. Like we all, we've mentioned and why he's probably pissed off is like this dude put his body on the line. You know, he put his body on the line for this team. You see it if you watched him play. Like you see it. Like he's a dude that plays hard. You can't – it's not like he loafing out there. There's the players who who be loafing like consistently. Like that's a dude when he plays, he plays hard. Um, So – yeah, man, I feel like for me, I feel like this franchise and fan base, they got to get that dude a little bit more respect. And I'm not saying like Russ, he better than Russ, whatever, but I'm just saying the way people turn on him, they, they make they make him seem like he garbage, like he's like he garbage for real. And I'm like, well, he's still young and, you know, and there's not that many true point guards in the NBA that can make, 
your wing players that much better. You know what I'm saying? And he's that type of dude. Um, I know we're coming up on time. Mm-hmm. All I'll say is this. The counter, I guess the counter argument to that will be, yes, he put his body on the line, but he's been paid well. He's been paid handsomely for that. And I believe he's been compensated something to the tune of in the range of $70 million sure. over the past two years for not playing an NBA game. That's mm. true. That's, that's true. not my argument, but that's mm, but that Ooh, is a common argument. Oh, got him. Okay, I feel you, bro. I see where you went with mm. that one. I ain't mm. gonna say nothing no more. I'm gonna go on a break. All right. Is you can't that, kick out. You can't kick out, bro. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to. Is that, yeah. I heard business one on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I got that one. Is that, of Adia, the next John Vesley. We'll discuss this after the break. You listening to the Urban Sports Scene? For ages. You dig? Deuces. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, myself, Wole, now part of Sports Journey. Check us out at sportsjourney.com. Um, with the ninth pick of the NBA draft, the Washington Wizards drafted Denny Avedia. Um, thoughts on the pick and how could, uh, I mean, and could he be the next Jan Vesley? <laughs> and Jan Vesley was drafted by the Wizards in 20, in 20, uh, 2011. Um, but I'll start with, let's start with, start with, I'll take it. Go ahead, Will. I'll take it. Um, can he be the next Bond yet? Could he Jan be? Vesely? Could he? Could he be? Yes. Could, yes, he could. <laughs> um, just simply because, you know, um, I don't know how much scouting the Wizards were able to do on him, you know, coming into the draft with the traveling restrictions and also the restrictions of the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the, there's definitely that possibility. Look, he um, he was a projected top four pick, but he slid to number nine. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is um, the reason why he slid was his team only allowed certain organizations to get his medical records, right? Mm-hmm. But will he be the next Jan Vesely? I absolutely don't think so. Yeah, I think this guy is. Um, I've I've watched a couple of his. Highlight um, reels on um, YouTube and <laughs> some uh, draft. Some dra- no, seriously. It's scary already, fight. dude. Go ahead. No, I, no. I don't think he is. I think he's yeah. exactly what the Wizards need, uh, which is Ooh, a potential third plate. No, I, hear me no. out. Hear me out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a potential third playmaker with the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've you know what I've always stated on this show is. In order for you to be a team that consistently goes deep in the playoffs, you have to have three guys that can create a shot for themselves and others. Um, he has the playmaking ability at the age of 19. Um, he still needs some development with his outside shooting, but he has a, a considerable high, high basketball IQ with the ball in his hand. And I think it's a good pick. If they, you know, Scott Brooks is known for developing players, mm-hmm. younger players. He, he did it in the OKC. He did it last year with Roy um, Hachimura. So I think, you know, mm-hmm. put him in Scott Brooks' hands, give him a season or two, and I think we have another guy that is a viable third option and helps this Wizards team potentially go deeper in the playoffs. And real quick, my, my man Brown on Twitter uh, tweeted, uh, no, he could be, he can be as bad. Well, no, so no, he said no one could be as bad. Excuse me. He said no one could be as bad as John <laughs> Vesley. Excuse me. But go ahead, Ray. I want to respond to Will because it's interesting that typically Will doesn't like these types of moves when the Wizards focus so much on offense. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Ernie 2.0 trying to play positionless basketball and score the high volume and outscore teams when 
you already were a pretty good offensive team. It's just defensively what is where the, the issue lies. And all we have is YouTube clips at this point. I'm not judging anything seeing this man play on YouTube. Forget that, especially in Israel. I want. I, I, I like the potential. Mm-hmm. I like his size. You know, his scoring ability. Will T could be totally right. I'm not necessarily disagreeing. Mm-hmm. But for the Wizards, this is this is a business move more so than it is a basketball move because you see the global success that Rui, Rui Hachimura had, mm-hmm. and now you bring in another guy who's an international star at 19 years old, has a ton of potential, and you're looking at a good a, a, a good business move for the future where right now the revenue is definitely hurt. You were already losing money from what I hear before the pandemic, so you had to make a move like this. Maybe that's what um, management felt and or Taylor Leonsis. So I think that definitely factored in as opposed to this being a basketball move. Now, you see a guy like Luca has success the way he does, and, you know, his shooting improved. He got to the NBA, but you cannot necessarily replicate that. And the NBA is far more athletic. The, the game is far more athletic than the European game. So I'm not sure about this move, especially when you had Jalen Smith sitting right there. You had Halliburton sitting there, who could be a great backup point guard, if not coexist with a guy like John Wall on the court because he he's, just long, athletic. You got to get better defensively, and I just feel as though they did not address that. And then you drive Cassius Winston too. Like, when are we going to address the glaring weakness, which is defense? Hey, but um, you know what I you know when we were talking about highlights, man. I keep thinking about uh, what's it about Antonio Daniels. You know me, you know me so well, dog. That's all I keep thinking about is Antonio Daniels, dude. Because every time <laughs> we come to draft and you see highlights, they make one. They make you like the best player since Jesus. So it's like. When you watch him play, you're like, oh, my God, like, this dude is, like, the second coming. And then, like, when you watch him play actual basketball, you're like, dude, this ain't the same dude I saw with the highlights. Like, I, I, I hate NBA highlights. I, I hate them when, they, when, you, when they're doing scouting. They sh- all they do, all they show you is their best clips. And their best clips are, like, unworldly, uh, excuse me. So, it's like, when I watched, when I saw dude's clips, I was like, yo. But I'm with you, like, for real. I'm like, I, I, I want to push back on on what I saw when I watched his clips. Cause I'm with you, Will T. Like, when I saw him play, I was like, yo, this dude got nasty. Like, this dude got skills. And it's like, I don't want to compare him to Jan Vesely because all you saw with Jan Vesely was all you saw, his highlights were all dunks, if I remember correctly. Like, every highlight yeah, he had. him running the floor. And dunking, and right? Dunking. And this dude, this dude, this dude has Pat. You know what I mean? He can shoot. And it just looks like he can break his opponents down. And like he's able to do things one on one, which I do agree with you, Will, as an ISO player or a guy who can create a shot or create for others. If he's, you know, if he's pass heavy, is a guy, is a, is a dude that this Wizards team would desperately need, you know, to fill in that, th- you know, the big three or the, the whole big three moniker. You know, they can have a big three. Um, so he has that potential, but it's hard for me to like to go off highlights because I'm like, oh, that's why I'm with Ray. It's hard for me because when you look at the draft, or especially an overseas player, everything looks not every everybody looks nasty. The kid, the New York Knicks drafted, looked nasty over his overseas clips, and he is garbage for the Knicks. You know what I mean? The dude, what's his name? The point guard. Right next to the kid. Yeah, not good at yeah, all. Yeah, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio looked like AI. Yes, exactly. And he's not bad. And Ricky Rubio is not bad. I'm just not saying, but he's not the player that you saw overseas. Like those clips, you, he's not that same dude. So it's just hard to go off those clips. Uh, no, that's very fair. Um, you know, it, like I said, there are clips, and then there's also some uh, scouting sites yeah. that I read the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the scouting report on him. And, you know, very fair points. Um, but for me, I think, you know, with the, the NBA being so much a pick and roll, this guy's a um, phenomenal in the pick and roll. And also phenomenal create, you know, mm-hmm. in isolation, getting a shot for himself and also off penetration for other, for other players on the team. And, you know, if you're going and you invested so much in, uh, Davis Bertans, you know, you need someone to draw the defense towards them and kick it out for Davis Bertans, who's a 40% three point shooter. Cause that's all <laughs> he's going to give you is sitting behind the line and shooting three pointers. And he, <laughs> He's a notable free agent that was signed by the Washington Wizards. All right. <laughs> a lot, anyway, a lot of change in the NBA uh, during the off during the off season. We'll talk about the NBA NBA trades and free agency after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Thing. Pages. You dig? Deuces.
listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole. During the offseason, there has been a lot of NBA players changing venues. Let's let's get right to it. What has been your favorite? I'll start right. What has been your favorite offseason move? Uh, you know, player changing places during this NBA offseason free agency period and tr- via trades. All right, brother, you are forcing me to pick one. My no, no, no. Oh, favorites. No, be- name me. You give me a couple. That's I like. That's not fair. Okay. Give me a couple. So number one. I love what Daryl Morey is doing in Philly, adding Terrence Ferguson and Seth Curry and Danny Green. That's going to bring shooting. It's going to bring it's going to bring Green. defense. Danny Green is we know what he's <laughs> in the playoffs, but that was the bubble. We're going to give the bubble benefit because he might have been missing his his girl while he was in the bubble. I think he just got engaged. So listen, you cannot necessarily go off of the bubble experience when you talk about Danny Green because. I remember that man shooting in the Spurs uniform. We go on YouTube and look up his best clip. <laughs> that man can knock down some threes. Right, we'll see. And then Absolutely. I, also, I also like the Celtics picking up Tristan Thompson and getting rid of him. Uh, I like that go, one. And letting Gordon Hayward walk because Tristan Thompson is a tremendous defensive player and rebounder. It's a nice compliment to a very rich Jason Tatum over there. He, hey, he's telling his cell phone. I mean, his friends put their cell phones away because I know he's partying with that money he just got. And then lastly, I'm going to rock with my man Will T on this one with the Rockets, adding Christian Wood and Boogie Cousins. Boogie. I think that is a, a good incentive and in, in helping to bring back um, maybe John Wall <laughs> and James Harden. <laughs> you some trash. Stop doing I'm that, joking. dude. You're you doing some subliminal jokes all day with that. Stop that, bro. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, Ray alluded to two of the um, – not alluded, but he mentioned two of the um, signs that I like, which were mm-hmm. – Tristan Boston with Tristan Thompson and Jeff T. Um, I like what Houston did with Christian Wood and Boogie Cousins. Um, one that's kind of gone under the radar that I really like is um, Sergi Baca going to the Clippers. Yeah. One of the things that um, that Clippers team lacked was a defensive presence on the inside, someone that can not only rebound but um, contest shots at the rim. And he also adds the dimension of being a stretch five, you know, if you play with those smaller lineups with him playing at center. So I like those moves. And I also like with the, um, what the New Orleans Pelicans are doing, um, you know, them being able to get uh, three first rounders from the Milwaukee Bucks for uh, Drew Holiday, plus the ability to swap two picks and then also picking up Steven Adams, um, from o- from OKC uh, with um, the GM with um, Chris with what Griffin has been able to do as a GM in a relatively short time in New Orleans I think is is phenomenal and, and I think that's going to be a team we'll be watching and enjoying um, for the next five to six years as they continue to develop the right. question will be will they be able to get over the hump yeah I'm about to be real biased I like what the Lakers are doing um, obviously getting Trez was big get Montrez Harrell. Um, then you, you know, like that. You oh, like that pickup? Oh, I loved it because I know what it does oh, okay. for the bench because that bench was dry. So now it adds it adds to the bench. You got Montre you got Montrez coming off the bench. You, you're gonna have Kyle, um, um, Kyle Kuzma off the bench. Uh, I know if I'm I'm forgetting one other. Um, one Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, thank you, Dennis Schroeder to come off the bench. So you now you have oh, like a bench that you don't have to rely on. You know, AD or LeBron to play, you know, to both, they both can be out at, cer- at certain periods of the season. So you don't have to always have one on the court. I mean, granted, you're probably going to have one on the court anyway, but you won't have to. You saw what, uh, Dennis Schroeder did, Schroeder did, um, with the, with, with the OKC, um, in terms of like being one of the better six men, uh, six men in, 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 in the NBA. Uh, so I like what they did in terms of the strengthening that bench. And then, then you bring Wesley Matthews, a dude that you, I mean, you lost, you know, you lost Danny Green, you lost Bradley, which I, which I do think is going to hurt. And he went to Miami, which I do like. I like that. I think it's a great fit. You're talking about a guy who's gritty, who just straps. That's that Miami mentality, and he's going to fit well in Miami. So those, so that's a that's a that's a signing out. Like I like. I mean, it's, this is the obvious one. I like what the Phoenix Suns did. You brought in Jay Crowder. You got you got Chris Paul. See, I did. I didn't love that great that Jay Crowder signing three years and thirty million. Well, I, I mean, the, the I, contract, I didn't love it. the contract. Well, he played well. Like we, me and Ray, we, we, I mean, we all we talk about this on other. I mean, prior shows. 
But you know, the the him his shooting in the bubble was you know was good for him. It helped him make this <laughs> amount of money. To be honest with you, I I, I want to see him shoot this well when he's not in the bubble. But you know, the way he shot in Miami gave him this contract. I just think that's a good fit because you can't like you just need players to play their play their role, especially when you have. Chris Paul, who's going to make everybody better. You can't have nothing but scores out there. You had to get to me. Trading Kelly Oubre was good for what this team needed to build. Like, you got to have people play a role. So now you have Jay Crowder, who knows his role. Like, he's not going to ask to go ISO. He's going to spot up in the corner and try to shoot a, you know, and shoot a set three. You know that. He's not going to try to create on his own. You have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, who we saw in the bubble, outside the bubble. He's a dude who's a scoring machine. Um, then you got DeAndre eight, um, eight, and now, um, now you can use, now you can utilize him. Now Chris Paul can make him better. We've seen Chris Paul make all bigs better when he once he once he lands in in your organization. He did the same. He did the same with um, in Houston with the dude. What's his name? Uh, what's his name? Who got traded from Houston? Tyson Chandler. No, not not Tyson Chandler. He got Tyson Chandler money in. in oh, Clint Capella. Oh, you Clint Capella. Clint Capella. Capella. He helped Capella out. Yeah. Did the same with Tyson Chandler while in um New Orleans. You know, he helped that New Orleans. Yeah, he did that. I mean, everywhere Chris Paul has been, he's done this. Like, you know, I mean, Adams has always been decent. He's made people better. and He's made bigs better. So to me, when you get that, and especially when you got a young big who's trying to find his way and you got a Chris Paul, that is a great sign. That is a great acquisition. So I like that signing. Um, But there's a lot. I mean, there's multiple. I I actually like even, you know, people just like Jordan, like myself, like as a as a uh, as a GM or owner, excuse me, as an owner. Um, I like with I like I like getting Gordon Hayward, but we and by trade ah, I, I liked it because I liked that you got rid yeah. of I you got you, rid of what's his face. Messed up my next question. I know I go ahead, bro. But I like because he got rid of a uh, um what's him um, Nicholas Batum. Yeah, I like because he got rid of Batum. I just feel like that's a better fit. Like Gordon's a better fit for what they're doing. You know but, what I'm saying? But let me ask you. Let me ask both of you this. Um, because we you know we kind of went back and forth mm-hmm. via text over this, but thirty million dollars for mm-hmm. Nicholas. Uh, excuse me, Gordon? For Gordon Hayward. Oh, the money ain't right. I didn't say the money was right. I just yes. like the player. <laughs> I mean, even it, 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 okay. Let's look at let's look at that Charlotte team. Mm-hmm. They have um, Scary Terry, Terry Rozier, That's a bad sign, Mello, um, Lamelo, Mello, and you have Devonte Graham. Oh my God, just dumb. <laughs> um, you you have uh, PJ Washington who played who had a good year last year. <laughs> You got uh Bridges. Then, you have you have Bridges. Then, Bridges. Yeah, you have Bridges. Yeah. And you you resigned. I believe they resigned Bismack Biyombo. Yeah, and then you have Gordon. You have Gordon Hayward. And you're paying thirty million dollars to Gordon Hayward. So who is your go-to player? If you if you give a guy thirty million, it better be Gordon. I, I would assume. I would assume Gordon. that's the leader of your franchise and the go-to player. Yeah. But is. Is Gordon Hayward at this point of his career? Is he still that I think, player? I, I think, don't believe so. I, I think it's hard to say with Boston because Boston was already on a different. It's, it's hard to judge him in Boston because that team was already transitioned to Tatum Brown. I just felt like he could never get his feet wet in Boston. And and, and he, to me, he you know he played the sideline role and was a good teammate. Like he wasn't trying to gun. He just played within the system, which I think that's a credit because you come out you come off regardless of your injury or whatnot, but. You were an all-star caliber player in Utah. You still a lot of people would still try to go in that thing like you know what, dude, I get my shots. I don't care. But he came in that he came in that situation was like, "All right, you know what? I'm going to play a role. We're going to play some team basketball." Even before if you watched them watched this game before the injury, um that that nasty knee injury, um leg injury, he wasn't trying to trying to like he wasn't trying to gun he was playing within the system i think in charlotte it's gonna be more it's gonna be fixed more fixated on him to score the football i'm just gonna say score football score the uh basketball <laughs> and he'll i think he'll be it'll be a better fit now what i don't like about charlotte and their, their whole organization is that they draft the same position over and over again like or you sign the same player like you got rogier you got uh graham who graham showed out so you he, you had to play him he wasn't in your plans but he showed out and then you got uh, Roger uh, Mello, and then you got Monk. Like you got dudes that pretty much play the same thing. They like the same position for real. Like it gets to a point where, you, and you talking about PJ Washington and Bridges, like they, they're like the same too. Like it gets to a point where you just got to get people there. Like you gotta, you gotta sign, draft, or whatever, sign and draft or trade correctly to a point where you can put people in your roles. It goes back to what I was talking about. What Phoenix is doing. Phoenix has has gotten rid of certain players. 
Now every now their their roster slimmed down enough where people don't have they don't have players playing the same position. Everything's spread out. That's the problem with Charlotte. Charlotte, they got a lot of players that play the same position that you can't feature. Like you just get rid of Monk because I feel like they're ruining Monk's career by being in Charlotte. Like it gets to a point where you just gotta like find give people roles. That's how you that's how you win basketball games. Give people assign, like assign roles on your team and or get people that can do those roles. That way your team can actually win basketball games. But now, like, the, the, the Hornets, they just draft or sign players just because. And I don't – I think most it's mostly because, you know, for some reason Charlotte isn't a destination for mm-hmm. free agents, whether it's people – and I don't understand why if you're young and you're making millions of dollars, you wouldn't want to live in Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte's, Charlotte's a nice city. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's – Maybe it's that and on top of the lack of success that the organization has had um, historically, which, you know, is a recipe for people possibly not for you having to overpay free agents to come to Charlotte. But, you know, with the drafting of LaMelo Ball, maybe maybe things start to change. Yeah, if his dad comes on, if his dad comes in games, maybe it won't. <laughs> uh, I, hope, I, I mean, I hope his father's learned that, you know, you you raise two young men to a certain point, and now you gotta let them be their own man and stand mm. on their own. So hopefully he learned that that how you know how things played out in Los Angeles mm-hmm. with uh, Lamonzo. So Lonzo. hopefully mm-hmm. he steps back and he allows Lamelo to be his own man. All right. So what uh, acquisitions had you scratching your head? Let's start with you, Ray Jeezy. Well, since we already talked about Charlotte, I'm gonna go to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the moves they made, but the, just their overall strategy. Mm-hmm. You want to keep the reigning MVP in Milwaukee, and you say, okay, we're going to get Drew Holiday, which is yeah, dope. dope. He's a he's a he's a tremendous upgrade. He's going to ball with that oh, team. Man. But you like and Bogdanovich. That's it. <laughs> with, with all these free agents that are in the market, you talk about Boogie Cousins, who wouldn't have cost much. Uh, Jay Crowder, just different guys who will bring toughness, shooting, defense, mm-hmm. and these these are the moves that you are looking to make. I feel as though they did not do enough. To keep Giannis in town, he's gonna to be looking at a bigger market. Yeah, I, uh, I liked, I liked. I mean, obviously Drew was amazing. I thought that was amazing. I thought that was oh, to get Drew was the man. I think Drew. I, I, I'm not gonna to lie to you. I think the playoffs, Drew, gonna be the best player on that on their team because just the way he plays, man. He's gonna be like, he's gonna be the guy they go to down the stretch. Um, but when you look at, yeah, I mean Bogdanovich, you know, he ended up going to Atlanta. Right, Atlanta signed him to an offer sheet, like because Bogdanovich didn't even want to go to Milwaukee. He decided like he didn't want to go. Um, so now they like, you know, like you said, they're SOL. Like, I don't, again, I don't want to like, this is what my issue with Milwaukee is. It's, I feel like they have the talent to like, to get to the NBA finals and win a championship. Even last year, I just felt like they were putting blame on other players and the play, the blame to me solely should solely go on Giannis because he has to develop, he has to develop a particular part of his game for him, for this team to get over the hump because truth be told, you got like you getting Drew could save you because it's going to and also it's, it can expose you to show you that all right, you know what you may not be that dude in the postseason when when this team needs you. So I thought getting Drew was great, but I'm with you, Ray. Like if you want to keep Giannis because he needs a lot of help to be successful in the postseason, like you could, there are some other players to add. I definitely agree with you. I don't, I don't want to judge Milwaukee off the bubble though. Again, the bubble was a unique <laughs> situation. I'm serious. But he's old. But he's always been that way, Ray. Like he did no, that no, the no. year he, before that. He has his limitations, no doubt. But I'm just saying, as a team, they were playing. They were playing pretty well before the NBA got shut down. Mm-hmm. So let's see what happens when the restart, with the, the the new season. I'm sorry, we already had a restart, but the new season <laughs> uh, begins in, in December. I would like to see what they look like because they are well coached. They played together as a unit. They did lose Wes Matthews, though. That mm-hmm. could hurt. But I'm just saying, if, if, if your number one goal was to please Giannis going into the offseason, I just think you failed at that because you're right. Some of the things that he does not excel at, you have to put around him. Mm-hmm. And did they accomplish that? We, I, I love Drew Holiday. I think he's dope. He can score off the dribble. He brings a lot to the table, he's and strapped. he has swag. And he can a swag that nobody else has. He can create mm-hmm. for, other, for, for others. I like I like that signing, but I just feel as though they, they have not done enough, and their strategy was not good. If your whole uh, motive was to keep your star player, we'll see. What did you scratch your head? I'm, I'm not going to say I didn't necessarily like the acquisition. It just left me scratching my head. The compensation they gave up for it, 
Mm. And that's bringing um, Robert Covington from Minnesota to Portland. Portland. Yeah, Robert yeah. Covington. He was in Houston. Uh, excuse me, Houston. Yeah, um, sorry. He, he, he fit, thank you. No, thank you for correcting me. Um, he fits well with Portland, but giving up two first-round picks for him, to me, that's a little bit up. You know, mm-hmm. a premium for Robert Covington. Yeah, that's the only. You know, I think it's. I think it's a from a basketball perspective. I think it's a great fit, but giving up two first round picks for him, I understand that he has a reasonable contract, but you know, two first round picks is a lot. So what team? So what teams after after these moves? What team looks, to you looks like the favorites to win it all? <laughs> I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with Ray because you laughing. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking the fact that the Wizards got Robin Lopez. We got another brother in town. Uh, I'm waiting for <laughs> Seth Curry to come to town before his career. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, my, you ain't lying, bro. Oh, hey, man. listen here, bro, listen here, fam. As much as I don't want to admit it, and I like a lot of what teams are doing. I think it's gonna be very competitive. You got to put the Lakers in the driver's seat still, yeah, because back to back. as much as I think Je- De- Dennis Schroeder needs some needs to be coached up by Jason Kidd, maybe become more disciplined. Um he, he's very raw. As you know, he doesn't always play within the team concept. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's still scoring off the bench, what they needed desperately. So I, I gotta put the Lakers in the driver's seat. They're the defending chance and you add Trez who's gonna be motivated because he moved next door and feel as though his old team didn't want him. Will T. Uh I, I agree with Ray. Um I still think that the Lakers are in the driver's seat, you know, with you know, with the acquisitions that they made, um, uh, one thing that's it, I'm it's a I'm not gonna say it's a under the radar. Well, it is partially under the radar um, move. Um, Brooklyn bringing back Joe Harris with you know with KD and Kyrie coming back and Joe Harris his ability to space the floor. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an underrated move, and I think we will the NBA will get its potentially get its dream matchup with. New York versus LA in the finals. That'd be dope. You know what I'm saying? I, don't sleep on Denver. I'm, I'm gonna keep saying that team. Um, every cha- every team, um, mm-hmm. they go through they go through they go through their trials to show you you know to to, to get to a championship level. And um, Denver yep. over the last two seasons have shown you like the blueprint of what we seen seen growing up. Like we've seen this type of thing growing up. Watching how a team is a young team is trying to find their way to be a championship team and getting the, the draft, the drafting uh, R.J. Hampton to me, another young, talented dude. Is, it fits their blueprint of what they do to build their team for the future. Uh, I just think that team is really they're peaking. They're showing Jokers takes his body serious. You know, he's like ready to like take his game to the next level. We saw it in the postseason. We all same for Murray. Um, Bobo is going to get more burn now. Like now you're going to see Bobo play. And you, we already know that. Michael Porter is, is to me is developing to be like that that third piece. So like you have that team and um, and any the resign to Paul Millsap. Like you have to yeah, for the vet, Paul Millsap. for the vets. You having that vet. But go, go ahead, Will T. No, um, before we get out of here, a mm-hmm. uh, couple couple things to add, to go back. Um, one thing that was kind of hand scratching to me is Detroit. The move that Detroit yeah, I ain't get it. Making. I ain't get it. They're doing a lot. Um, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I understand Troy Weaver's first time as a GM. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't no PG Jaguar. Go ahead, dog. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, uh, I, I don't understand all of the. I don't understand all the moves that he's making. He, he has some kind of mismatching pieces. There. Yeah. Um. That's one. Um. And I know we're coming up on time for the show. Yeah. I just want to encourage everyone. Please, 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 please. Do not purchase the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones pay per view fight this weekend. Don't watch these oh, are two fifty. These are two fifty year old men um, who who are legends, and you know they represent a special time in my life when boxing was it's good now, but it was amazing during yeah. the early nineties. Um, please, you know, I know that they're two gladiators who want to go in for the love. Of competition and sport, but we don't need to see these two men go in there at 50 years old and box. 
That's great, man. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually watch that fight. All right, man. Uh, we didn't get a chance to make our. He week. said, "Don't pay for it." Oh, that's facts. <laughs> I, don't pay for it and don't watch. It. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Oh, no, I, no, no, bro. I'm okay. going to watch it. All right, we didn't get a chance to make our week twelve NFL picks on air, but you can find our picks on the Football Garbage Time website at www.footballgarbagetime.com, where Will T's a star. Uh, it's part of the Urban Sports Team versus Football Garbage Time Challenge. Will T's in third place. Um, I moved up to. I think I'm. I'm, at, I'm still at fourth place i'm still at fourth place and uh raids at seventh place ray moved up to seventh place uh football garbage time hakun wong is in first place and uh the homie george in second place we'll see hakun wong was chopping it up talking trash about the other members of the urban sports scene all right subscribe to our podcast on stitcher spotify itunes and google play just search the urban sports scene also tweet us at urban sports scene and hit us up on our urban sports scene facebook page and we thank you all for listening to the show you keep tuning in you've been listening to the urban sports scene for ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, Meg, lead us out, big homie.